You're listening to the Cleveland Comedy Network. My name's Steve Guy, the host of Happy Hour with Steve Guy, where I get to sit down and interview people who are from Cleveland originally or doing very cool things in Cleveland. It's all part of the Cleveland Comedy Network, just like the show you're about to listen to. To keep up to date with all the podcasts coming to the network, go to clevelandcomedyfestival.com slash the network. Hey, welcome to Tencent Beer Life. Hey, welcome back to Ten Cent Beer Life. I'm your host, Kyle, as always, with my man, Brian. What's up, dude? Not much, dude. Just kind of ruining this podcast with my, my dancing <laughs> board that I've got and living life, bud. Are the Indians on? Not the yet. Are not. <laughs> not yet. Eight o'clock, right? Yeah. We got a, we got a special guest here, Bill Squire. Um, if you know anything about comedy in Cleveland, you know who Bill is. Um, he's got an album coming out. If you don't know who Bill is, it's going to be great. I was there at one of the tapings. Brian did time on it. Uh, so check it out. Bill, what's all the details on that up front? Uh, the album is called Bam Bam. It is available for pre-sale on all like the like iTunes and Amazon on June 29th, and then it comes out July 23rd. So buy the pre-sale. Buy it. Don't just wait and stream it. I mean, stream it once it's out, too, but uh, buy it because that's how we actually make money. And uh, the last year was tough, so I need to make money. So, and it's a good album too. So it's like worth buying, and it's clean. So it's one that you can listen to with your whole family, which uh, is important to some people. <laughs> Not our <laughs> listeners. We don't give a I shit used to listen kids. to Brian Regan with the family often on on road trips no. when I was a kid. I listened to it all the time. Right, and that's kind of what you can do with this one. Like, there's a a few little jokes that are like innuendo and. Uh, I make fun of boomers at one point that might make some older people mad, but like it's all in good fun and it's, you know, it's not, it's not like there's no real sex in it. There's no uh, swear words or anything like that. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a good fun album. Awesome. Yeah, I had a great time. I had a great time going. What show were you at? Which, uh, Sunday night? late show. We just, it sucked. Oh, okay. It sucked because we, you announced like I'm recording an album and then like next day we announced we were doing the River City Comedy Festival and I was like, fuck. It's kind of shitty. It's like I, normally I don't want to go per, know the person we're going to be going up against. So we did that, and then we brought a bunch of whoever wanted to come up. We talked to Sam, and he said, uh, "Let us in." And so we brought I think six or seven people came up with us, and that's cool. That was that was a fun show on Sunday. Uh, I used a little bit of that for the album, and then mo- most of it's Saturday, but most you know a little bit from Sunday, a little bit from. Uh, friday too so it, it was a good time i heard good things about the rubber city comedy festival too i feel like you guys knocked it out of the park it was fun i'm glad it's over with uh, 18 months in the making so dude it's so much so much planning and so like it, it's rewarding but it's like that kind of rewarding where it's like well i accomplished something it's not like the kind of rewarding <laughs> where you're like i made money <laughs> yeah definitely not <laughs> yeah i mean we didn't lose money and that was kind of the big thing that's great so, then you did great yeah it was, great. we Gained checked all the boxes street cred i guess whatever um so let's get into this this is big news today carl nassib he's a gay man playing football 
And I know you don't like him, but it's not because he's not gay. Because I never had a problem with Carl Nassif. Nassif. We had a conversation before. You said like I was like we should bring back Carl Nassif, and you're like no way. Oh yeah, he don't sucks. bring him back because he's not very good. <laughs> but I don't have anything personal against him. I sure. I had actually from not directly from a Browns player's mouth, but I I have a friend who is friends with a Browns player who had you know back in the day said like I'm pretty sure Carl Nassif's a gay man. Whoa! Inside. So he he had kind of been, uh, you know, that kind of guy, but just closeted and, and holding on to it. And I remember him talking about, you know, wanting Taylor Swift on uh, on Hard Knocks, but like, you know, that definitely something a closeted gay man would say, like, yeah, totally Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's not anybody <laughs> that we're gonna pine after. But like, it's it's I give him a lot of credit for for coming out because they're like. The NFL is still so bigoted and so full of just people that don't know how to think outside their own upbringing. And so he's he's going to have a target on his back by from a lot of people and not just, you know, fans, but organizations and sports reporters and stuff like that that are going to like now he he's under a microscope for every single thing that he does when he's just a dude that wants to be himself. Sure, yeah, it, it it all sucks in that matter. But like I remember Michael Sam came, he got drafted and he was he was out, but he just wasn't that good. Carl Nassib's right. established. So I mean, what do you, you I don't think he, I I hope he doesn't get blackballed because of this or just like pushed out of the league. It's at well, the end I, of the day, I, if you want to win, you want to win. You don't care what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like Right, and if he can help a team, and he's not like a top tier talent, so I can understand why six years in, like he's had a longer career than most guys at his position. So you hope that it's a situation where if he does like lose a starting job or, or doesn't end up on a roster, it's legit because he's just not as good anymore. But I think I think he still has enough in the tank to stay relevant as a like rostered NFL player. He's been a journeyman for years. He's kind of bounced around. Who knows? Maybe maybe he decided now's the time because he's about to start being on the roster bubbles and is like, yeah, right. try and cut me now, motherfuckers. I, I mean, you, are you, might, you, you might be exactly right about that. <laughs> He'll squeeze yeah. another three or four million dollars out of this league. Go enjoy mm-hmm. himself. Good for him. I, I'm in support of it. But like, I mean... If any team were to cut Carl Nassib at this point, like without him coming out as gay, nobody would have said shit. Nobody would have been like, those fucking idiots. <laughs> like, Right. <laughs> but now if Carl Nassib gets cut, it's like, you fucking bigots. How dare you? Good for yeah, him. I mean, that, he he just got himself point. some job security, in my opinion. He's I think you're Vegas absolutely right. Being, yeah, he's in Vegas. The, the first you know NFL player out, just loaded in a really fun city. I mean, if they I'm don't sure do some gonna... sort of Siegfried and Roy photo shoot, I'm going to be so disappointed. He's going to be cleaning up dicks, dude. He's going to be getting them all. all Good, the for oh, Good for him. He probably him. already has. Oh, sure, yeah, he's like but six, I mean, seven. more so. Yeah. Well, I and I feel like this is the time where like the like sports fan gays have to come out and be like, oh, like remember in the '90s when anything like gangster rap was Raiders? Yeah. Now it is like if you are gay, you are a Raiders fan. Hell like, yeah, I like that. That's that is how you get. You got to just be overly supportive of this team, even though they're probably still going to be dog shit. 
Uh, yeah. it, it just you got you got to support your guy. Yeah, can I, you imagine those Raiders Pride Month jerseys with the pirate? Just make him super gay. It just can you uh, yeah, think about the all the people in the, the, in the black is, hole? Or yeah, whatever it's called, uh, with all that makeup and shit on. Imagine how much better it's going to be now. They're going to have good makeup in the. Oh yeah, it's going to be like uh, drag brunch every Sunday now. I, I dig that. I mean, the fucking Vegas Raiders, anyways. Were like, they have a club that they're putting in. They're going to have like mm-hmm. legitimate DJs there. Like the Vegas Raiders were gay in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was in Vegas when they were still building that stadium, and it is. Um, like massive, like eye-catching building, and it's like big and black, and now it's the big black gay stadium, and I'm all for it. Yeah, it's uh, it looks like the Death Star. Really? Yeah, like it it's, legit looks like the Death Star. It's terrifying. It's badass. I mean, That's it's an intimidating yeah. place. Yeah, it's it's gonna be sweet when it's all done. Um. Oh, it's done because they, but they just didn't have any fans last year because uh, Bullcut boss was like, "Hey, I don't want to have people in here until we can have everybody in here." So they waited to have people in there. And next year, well, this coming season, they're they're gonna sell it out, and it's gonna be just madness there. It's gonna be it's gonna be one of the best places to go to watch a game. Oh, for sure, it's a brand new stadium, yeah. and it's Las Vegas. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a, what a time. Yeah, it's like think about how how much we love watching games with Ryan because he's got money on the line, and then imagine being right. at a Raiders game and how much money is going to be on the line when people are there. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be magical. Hell yeah! Tickets are probably gamble. expensive as shit. You don't gamble? Oh yeah, not at all. Just because I know that I would just be just a junkie for it. I do fantasy and DFS, and then if it was easy enough to just like on an app with my debit card in there, you know, place actual sports bets, I'd be doing it. But, you know, you got to go through, like, you know, overseas Bavada kind of shit to actually sports gamble. So it's just too much work for me. Right. But that one's changing because of, like, it's getting past. Like, in certain states, you can just go on, like, DraftKings and, and place bets. Yeah, but it's not that here, so I'm not doing it. But when it is, I'll right. be doing it. Me too. But I'll be doing like $5 bets max. Yeah, that's that's like the thing. Like I don't like putting real money on the line. I like a little bit of money and like that way it's enjoyable, but I'm also not sad if I lose it. Whereas like Ryan puts like hundreds of dollars on the line. Yeah. And I'm like, "Ah, that's too much, man. I can't I can't <laughs> lose that much and be okay." And he does, and he's not okay. And it's obvious like like he's he's basically taught me like how not to gamble. And why not to? I love it though. I love it so it's much. So fun I to hope watch. he never it's... stops. Do you you don't think he started with, hey, here's a five dollar bet. Here's a ten dollar bet. No, here's I'm pretty sure he started with three hundred dollars on, on the Vikings. Like <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> well, because I think a lot of those uh like offshore betting things, like they have a minimum and you can't do like five or ten dollar bets. You gotta do like at least fifty. Oh, I've always wanted to put it on the line with those crazy crazy parlays that, that I see on like Instagram all the time. People that put down like ten dollar bets for like fifteen specific things to happen and they win yeah. like ten grand. I want I want to try that shit. Yeah, that's silly fun stuff. Like where it's like, eh, if I don't get it, no, no one cares. But yeah, it's you know it's the idea of winning it. But knowing how bad I am at betting on like DFS and uh, fantasy football, like I really shouldn't 
get into that? No, just spend I know, it all like, on shoes. I know yeah. like three bookies too. I don't know. People still use bookies. I don't. It's not all online anymore. When I first started uh, doing stand up, somebody like contacted me. Like one of the there's a place that we would do like shows on Wednesday, and like this guy was a bookie, and he called my home phone number because I didn't even have a cell phone at that point. Because uh, it's like it was like 2004, and I just got back from the Philippines. Uh, and so, like, he called my house phone. My mom's like, hey, there's a guy f- from Lakewood on the phone that wants to talk to you. And I was like, okay. And he's like, hey, Bill, you got some money? You want to make some money? You got a job? You want to gamble? Uh, you know, want to bet on these? I'm like, no, I don't want to do any of that. And he's like, come on, you don't got a job. You, you could use some money. I'm like, I'm not going to gamble what money I don't have on, like, football when i don't know any like i just got i was gone for two years i don't know anything about anything uh i'm not like i'm not gonna just be like yeah put 20 down like fuck that and so i just hung up on him but that was weird that was a weird thing to like have to like take a hard stand on gambling like that's what they taught us that drugs were going to be like in dare but it was gambling (laughs) (laughs) like was it a comic that did it? it it was a guy that owned the bar Okay. But like he had all the comics info because like they like we all did this contest and he got everybody's info and so he was just going down the list trying to get people to buy in and and gamble. And okay. I was just like I, I'm like I I was gone for like also like I'm fresh out of the Mormon church like just got excommunicated. I didn't know anything about how to gamble or anything like that. So it was just like it it was like a scary moment for me where I was like, no, I can't. I can't get into the seedy world of gambling. What was the process of getting excommunicated like? Was there a tribunal? Did you have to face like, did you get court martial? <laughs> I mean, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, uh, so it happened while I was still in the Philippines. It was just like three old Mormon guys that were like, hey, based on what you've done, uh, we have to discipline you. Is there anything else you want to tell us? And they didn't know everything I had done at that point. So I just came clean on everything. And they thought I was just trying to talk people out of being Mormon. And then I told them, like, all the sex and stuff uh, and, like, drinking. <laughs> and they go, oh, oh, okay. We got to we gotta get rid of you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they had one thing planned and they had to, like, switch it up because of how severe things were. So you had been also trying to talk people out of Mormonism? Just out of religion in general, yeah. Because I was, I was just like, you're a terrible. Well, this Mormon. stuff makes sense. I know, but it was it. It's I I I've stuck with that path longer than I was uh, Mormon, so I'm <laughs> I'm happy with it. That's awesome. Did you, did you like? Did you have to buy a ticket back to America, or did they send you? No, back they or? take they sent me back. They they covered all that stuff, but like it's it's also like. My parents had to pay like a certain amount every month to like for me to be like that was basically my college fund was spent on going to the Philippines. Uh, And so, yeah, so I just was like, I'm out. Like, I didn't even like, I don't know. (laughs) It was it was like I was so I don't want to say I was like completely sheltered, but like about how that process actually worked. Like, I didn't know how much it cost a month. I didn't know how much like. Like, I was supposed to give whatever I could. Like, I was supposed to be saving to pay for my mission. And I didn't save a single dollar to pay for it because that was not some... Like, I'm like, well, maybe if I don't have the money, my parents won't either and I won't have to go. 
So, like, I had all these ways of, like, that I was trying to get, like, cries for help if they had actually picked up on it. But they're like, oh, no, we it's all paid for. You're good. Go ahead. Go on your mission. So, was that flight home just glorious? Or were you, like, just really dreading seeing your parents? Uh, it was, like, half and half. Like, that's where I joined the uh, Mile High Club by myself. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> it's it's like a at your theater in that flight. tiny bathroom yeah i i i jerked off in the tiny bathroom uh <laughs> and because it's like 15 hours i'm like i i got nothing else to do and i like at 22 years <laughs> old i was pretty quick <laughs> so so i did that and i was just like i was happy to be home but i was also like going from the philippines which like even though it was like I was in the city and it was like garbage everywhere. There was still foliage everywhere. So like everything was like cement and trees and green. But like I got home in April before everything grew back. So I got back like when it was pretty much the ugliest in Ohio where everything's just muddy and wet, but there's yeah. no actual like growth yet. So you're, I'm just like, Ugh, what an ugly shitty place. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. It, it's, it's, Cleveland, Erie, all these places in, in, in this area, once all that snow melts, it's just, it's gross. Yeah, and it's like, but, you know, I was happy to be home, and, like, I threw myself into stand-up comedy, like, pretty quick after I got home, and, and like, never looked back. Like, didn't, like, was supposed to go to college, dropped out before I even went to my first day, uh, and, and just did stand-up with like no backup plan because if I had any backup plan, I would have probably, you know, gone that way. So you, yeah. did you like want to even do stand up, or was it just like, Oh, this is something to do. This is what I'm going to do. Or is it? Yeah. I mean, it was always something that I wanted to do. And like, while I was in the Philippines, I was really good at like teaching classes and speaking in front of large groups. I'd always make them funny and interesting and like engaging compared to what everybody else was doing. So, I had more than one person tell me while I was there that like I should pursue stand-up comedy. And I was a huge fan of stand-up comedy before I left. Like I watched all those like me and my friends would tape all the premium blends and just watch them on a Oh, excuse me. I uh, watch them on a loop. And so once it became like a a clear vision for me, I was like why would I why would I do anything else? Oh yeah. Yeah, even I didn't know I was, how you I I just assumed you were Mormon like you never even laughed prior you know what no, I, mean? no, like, I was like people think mormons are like come and, and it, there's different levels of strict but like there was five kids in my family my dad worked all the time my mom worked for my dad so mostly we were unsupervised a lot so i would you know live a double lifestyle where i do what they wanted me to do and act the way they wanted me to act while i was around them but when i wasn't around them i would like deeply consume the content that i enjoyed which like i wasn't like drinking or smoking or doing drugs or anything like that but i was watching comedy and like comedy was such a like wonderful thing to me because it talked about all things that we weren't supposed to talk about and made it funny and palatable and was educational in ways because i just it, like it opened my way of thinking and communicating with people and then also at the same time if you're making people laugh, people liked you. So I like that aspect of it too, where I was like, oh, I want to make people laugh because then they'll like me. That's fair. That's, that, I never yeah. thought. They always shit on Catholics and they say, you know, Catholics grow up to be atheists, but like 
Bill was a Mormon, and I have another buddy who was Mormon growing up, and he has two kids out of wedlock now. So it's like, yeah, you, you guys are the same. Like, I yeah, I mean, like Catholics and Mormons have a lot in common. The the big difference though is like Mormons are more strict when it comes to like drinking and sex and stuff like that. So like if you indulge in that stuff, like I feel like there's like kind of like a wink. Where it's like, oh, yeah, don't have premarital sex if you're Catholic. But people do. With like Mormons, like, oh, if we find out you had premarital sex, everyone's going to be really upset with you. Like, it's really, like, it's not just your grandma that's mad. Like, everybody is going to hate you. There's a lot of that in the Catholic Church. It's not nearly as much. Like, there, there's plenty okay. of, you know, Easter and Christmas, you know, churchgoers only in Catholicism. Whereas yeah. it seems like the Mormons, there's, there's no half-ass in it. Like you, there's no half-ass in it. Yeah, you're either in or you're yeah. out. Yeah, we were definitely a half-ass Catholic family. Like, we were not super like we we. My family went to church every Sunday. We would That's go crazy. once a month, and my dad would take the envelopes. They'd give you envelopes to make sure that you were fucking throwing money in. And we'd <laughs> yeah. throw yeah. all all four of them for a month in there, and then we would get <laughs> communion. And we wouldn't even sit down, and we would just wear our coats in the wintertime and just walk right out. I always wanted to be traffic. that family so bad. Oh, I always dude. wanted to be that family. My 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 mom and my dad, neither of them would go for it. They know you just have to wait until the, 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 the priest passes at the end. Pissed me off. I hated it. And I always like to sit uh, in like the, the pew that's like in the back, in the corner, that's not like part of all the rows, because then I didn't have to kneel, because there was nowhere to kneel. So I always wanted to sit there. My parents would like, no. We sit with everybody else. I'm like, fucking, I hate this. Uh, yeah. it's, it's so bad. And it's like the the values that it's supposed to teach you really like get overshadowed by like how it really taught me how to lie. Like n- nothing taught me how to lie more than being religious. <laughs> I have so much Catholic guilt still to this day. And it's not because I like I'm, I feel guilty that Jesus is watching and all that shit. It's like a different thing. It's like. Like it's instilled in me that when I do something dumb or wrong, that I'm going to get caught, and like my brain mm-hmm. immediately goes there into worst case scenario. My dad hasn't followed Catholicism since the '60s, but he he still has it as well. He says that it's just he hears his his mom's voice in his head telling him like you're you're gonna get caught, the bad things are gonna happen, and I have the same thing. That's not terrible. That's not a terrible thing. It's really inconvenient at times. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it's not bad that you you have fucking intuition to not fucking do bad things. But it, but it the, but they're not necessarily bad things, and that's yeah. the thing. They're not. They're they're bad in the eyes of the Catholic Church, but they're not actually bad. things. No, you know it, it's more bad things. It's more bad. bad okay, things, not just Catholic like what, what's a, bad things. What's a what's a bad thing that you feel? Like it, j- in a j- plane? just recently, I mean, no, I'll jerk off on all sorts of planes. Um, <laughs> no, like it, just just a dumb thing. Like at work, there's like a way that we're supposed to go about doing this one thing, and there's another way that you can go about it that you're not supposed to do, but it can make you more money. And like for me, I'm going about it the way I'm supposed to go about it because in my head, it's like you're going to get caught, you're going to get in trouble, and other oh, okay. people are making more money because they're doing it the other way. And in my head, like the Catholic guilt is preventing well, me from doing it that way. That's not that's that's not Catholic guilt. That's ethics. Yeah, I, I consider I, my Catholic guilt to be my ethics. Okay, well that's, <laughs> that's and I very like much ethical... want to go around it. Like I want to do it the other way, make a couple hundred extra bucks. Like it, it, it I could just do it, but in my head, mm-hmm. it's like nope. The the management's going to come down on you. Don't be an idiot. Just follow the path. 
Well, is management coming down on everybody else? Not yet. But they probably will. There's a, there's a chance. Yeah. If they listen to this podcast. <laughs> Ain't nobody listening to this fucking podcast from work. <laughs> I've gotten a couple well, of Facebook friend requests, but no. You don't, yeah, you don't allow it. That's smart. I well, Bill, only only work. two people know that I do stand up at my my job. That's the wildest thing is letting people in for when they find out. Yes, you don't have to worry about that, Bill. You get to just be no, Bill, the comedian. That, but it wasn't that, like that forever, I'm sure. Right, and that's why it was so important to me to like do stand up comedy and then like getting into radio. Like I get to be myself all the time, and that was like. You know, kind of going back to the Carl Nassib thing, that's why I relate so hard to that, even though I'm not going to come out as gay or anything like that. I still understand living that life uh, in the shadows where you feel like you can't be yourself. And I think it's great that he can do that. So, like, because that's like how I was for so long. I was so concerned with people finding out the things that I was doing or, you know, believing or not believing that I was like, well, I, I just kind of want to be able to be this me all the time. And so stand up was like the gateway to that. That's cool. That's, yeah, that's 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 pretty interesting. I don't know. I I work in schools and I was at a show once and then some the secretary was sitting in the front row. And I was like, well, fuck, I guess the cat's out of the bag now. So, <laughs> uh, so I was by bat, by force by fire, I guess. So anyway, yeah, buy my album. Let's talk more sports stuff. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, did you watch any basketball this week, Brian? I'm Bill. I'm I watched plenty you. of it. Yeah, I watched it all. I love. I I've loved these playoffs. I think they've been very interesting and like, for the most part, you know, pretty close games and like interesting storylines. With like the Philadelphia thing is so wild to me, where you have your second best player who's like a perennial all star won't shoot the basketball it's insane like not, and not even from deep like he you like he handed it off to Embiid, yeah. who like brought that back up in in the press conference like oh where do you think the game went south uh probably when instead of getting for sure points we ended up settling for one free throw instead and it was when ben simmons like a pretty nasty spin move could have just crammed it the dude's 611 he's a 611 point guard Fucking right. slam that shit down. It's not even a fear of shooting at that point. It's a fear of offense, period. And this yeah. dude, like, he hands it off to Embiid to let him do it, and Embiid it was, gets fouled. It wasn't even Embiid. It was uh, he He passed it to Thibel. Oh, was it? Who's, like, even less of a, you know, like, it, and he gets sandwiched and makes one free throw. And the only one w- within any distance of Ben Simmons when he was under the basket was Trey Young. And so he's got he's got a foot on Trey Young. He's he can dunk pretty much standing up because he's got such a large wingspan. And the fact that he wouldn't shoot that and wouldn't like make a gimme layup or dunk it is just shows how how in his own head he is about the like actually putting the ball through the hoop. And at this point, it's torn the team apart. This is the the trust the process. Oh, yeah. Is supposed to 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 have culminated already or be culminating right now, and yeah. they got knocked out. They have you know Doc Rivers, they got uh, Joel Embiid, they got you know all sorts of the, of pieces as to where they are a team that can contend at this point. And then their you know mm-hmm. former number one pick, uh, you know the, this crazy, 
You know, he's he's a, a crazy athlete. He's he's a, a freak to be a point guard at six eleven like that. He's great at distribute distributing the ball. He's a three time All Star or a two time All Star, but he's he's also a two time. I think a three wait, defensive. Uh, like first team all defensive team or something yep. like that. Two time first he's, team all defense. He's he's incredibly good, but he's not like he won't shoot the ball. And also like the, the what I just saw in Sports Center before I came on here is that they have a plan. Like Doc Rivers, like we have a plan for him to work on his shot. It's like why why haven't you fucking done that the past five seasons? He's been in the league for how long? Like if he doesn't have a shot now, he's not gonna get one. I feel like. Trade that was just not coming Sexton. out of college. No way. Yeah. Would no you give way. up? Would no you? Way. Would no. you give up Colin Sexton for him? No. No. Why? I, I'd give up Colin Sexton for him. I know you would. For, of course, that's what everybody's for, clamoring. For what? Like what? But what do you get out of that ceiling? He didn't. He you didn't shoot say the ball. In, in a crazy ceiling. Ben Simmons is still what twenty three, twenty four. It like you. You got a guy that that can be real, real special. Like if, if somehow he didn't shoot you, I think because I think it's mental for him. Well, I think we it's mental, but. But it's also it, – it would take so much. Like, here's here's what he should do, if, in my opinion. He was supposed to be on the Australian national team, and he already said that he's not going to do that. He's just going to work on skill development, which I think, like, what better place to work on that than in the Olympics where you're playing all these games against high-quality opponents? You can sh- – as much as you're going to shoot in the gym and like work on shooting and all that stuff, it has to happen in live game action or you're not going to get over though that fear. So why not work on your shot and then go and just start heaving up shots for Australia? <laughs> just chucking it. Hey, that's a great idea. One I'm shot certainly... in the fourth quarter of the playoffs. Not one. 34, 34 minutes to the last four through seven. Not even one field goal. Attempt. He's a 24-year-old he kid with some sort of – crazy mental block that's happening right now. I would take his ceiling over Colin Sexton's. But he's been in the league, what, four or five years already? I mean... We're at a point where it's like, okay, again, do do you want to give Colin Sexton a Supermax? Do you want to pay him... Do you want to give Ben Simmons a Supermax? He already got one. That's what I mean. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... Like, I know that I don't think it's a good idea to give it to Colin Sexton, but at the same time, what, do you just let him walk? Like... I'd rather try Ben Simmons in a new environment with well, his ceiling than continue to to see what the Colin Sexton experiment looks like. But but Colin Sexton won't qualify for a Supermax because he hasn't been made an All NBA team, and the qualifications for Supermax. Well, he'll has, get a max contract then. I mean, he'll get a max contract contract, but not a Supermax, which I know that's like splitting hairs. But also, I think I think Collins got a lot of fight in him, and also like. I, I'm not against trading Colin, but I think it's for somebody that can complement uh what's his Darius Garland more because I think I think Darius Garland is an incredible point guard and as they develop him, he's going to be the leader of this team as he gets stronger and develops, you know, as a as a distributor, which he's already gotten very good at, and and just like is you know, becoming more of a floor general and not just uh relying on his his talent i think he's he's got a ton of upside so i want to get a piece that's going to compliment him and ben simmons doesn't compliment him in any way what piece do you think does though that that it seems going to be willing to give up i mean i don't i i I think you got to go with a draft pick or something like that but you you know you want i think you want a solid two guard that is of like a decent size 
and maybe some, you know, like if, if they change the way, I think if you, if you get Ben Simmons for Colin Sexton, you have to change what he, his position is. I don't think he is the ball handler. I think he's got to play more of a four of a four as like more of a four or five and be more of a rebounder and he can, you know, distribute from the post, but let him build his confidence scoring as a low post player. What about playing the three? Playing the three, he's if if he's a wing, he has to have a jump shot, and he doesn't have a jump shot. I don't think he's got the physicality to play the four or five. I think he could. I think it's easier for him to put on muscle, and and again, like the NBA is not full of big hulking dudes like it used to be. A lot of guys are, you know, they're more built like Jared Allen than they are like Embiid. Embiid's like kind of the only guy that has his skill set that plays like plays like a big, but like all the rest of the, the big guys are just there to grab rebounds and block shots. Like Rudy Gobert's there to block shots. Like turn Ben Simmons into a Rudy Gobert type of player versus uh, anything else versus like a point guard. I don't know though. I like, I think that the being his size and being able to distribute it and move like he does is what makes him special. I think he'd fold, fold more into the mix as a four than he would staying as a guard. But, but his, his weakness is still that he can't shoot. So, I mean, you have like that Sixers team should have won that series. They didn't because Ben Simmons. So unless he develops a jump shot, and becomes some sort of threat to to shoot, and then also gets over his fear of scoring. I think him playing as a four or five, and then playing you know almost like a Jokic, like he's where they're running the offense through him in the low post. I think that could be good. I think that could work where that he can be a threat to score close to the basket because he can make layups. He can dunk. That's what about be more of a penetrator? Position. What's that? What about Ryan? more kind of? I mean, like what LeBron used to be, where you know LeBron for a yeah. long time his jumper wasn't very good, but LeBron would penetrate and then distribute off of of the help defense, or he just but take I don't, it to the rack. I like. I what about Ben Simmons? Kind of transition into something like that. I think I think that's what they've kind of done with him in the first place, where that was like he would kind of drive and dish, but I think because they can now. They know he's not going to shoot. They can just back up and play the lanes, put him in, a, put it in a zone, and they know they can stop him. You put him down at the block, and like you said, it's kind of an outdated position, but it can work for like stretches of the game. It's not going to be the your entire offense the entire game, but if you start with him just kind of playing pick and roll with Darius Garland, and then when Garland takes a break, you you start running the offense through him in the post. I think you could mess teams up because they're like oh we haven't really seen this for a while and and with his skill set of you know being able to handle the ball and find the open man and also be able to make dunks he's he's a threat in the low post versus anywhere else i don't see the transition i mean he makes the money being the point guard that's that's been but he can't score so he's got to figure something out he's got to develop something to to stay this profile and right and i i think the best thing i honestly i think he should go to the Olympics and just start heaving up shots until he feels confident. Yeah, it makes sense to be like, why can't you develop a jump shot? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like shooting at an all-time high in the NBA, and like you're the one guy who just doesn't get it. 
Get better at taking it to the rack. Be Le- what LeBron James was for his first seven years of basketball. But but he's already been able to do that. Like that's how he's averaged twenty points over the past I, five I get seasons. That, but if if he if he perfects that, I mean, look in the playoffs. How come he wasn't able to do any of that? LeBron did it year after year. Everybody knew how to stop it. He's got that same sort of size and physicality. Focus on that. Well, I I if he could, I don't. I think I think a lot of it too is. Straight up, like his brain's broken. Yeah, I'm with you there. That that's why I'm thinking. You know, we could kind of buy low on Ben Simmons because I I think Ben Simmons' ceiling is crazy. Those Kardashians, dude, they got in his head. Yeah, but Devin Booker's thriving off of it, right? And he's still sending her DMs, going, "Oh, I miss you," shit like that. And he's like, "Dude, you're in the Eastern Conference, you know, playoffs. Like, let's get shit together." (laughs) Dude, that whole Suns thing where it's like Suns and four, like, and, and Devin Booker sends him a signed jersey and buys him tickets to like the Western Conference Finals is pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's and so, awesome. like, even though he didn't start the fight, it's still like glorifying violence. And now, like, Suns fans are like, it's open season. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was reading about it. All the media outlets was like, this is terrible that he did this. But I mean, as a sports fan. You gotta love that. You gotta love seeing Devin Booker do that. I mean, that was kind of like oh, yeah. the tip of the cap. Thank you for your services. Yeah, that's right. And hilarious. then, and then the fact that like they they do win in four, and then in the first game against the Clippers, there's a giant brawl with a bunch of Clippers fans, and like the Clippers fans started it, but like those <laughs> those Phoenix fans end it real quick. I never would picture them to have a tough fan base. But Phoenix, here we are. I yeah. mean, Phoenix is a big ass city, and there's some tough dudes in Phoenix. Oh sure, well, sure. And it's also like it's full of people that I mean, it's it's a pretty scrappy place because like it's. I feel human like human beings it, aren't meant to live there. Yeah, because you're, you're living in the desert and uh, it's hot as fuck, and so you you know everyone's always on edge. Any place where like it's always hot is a place where people are always on edge. Like grass Florida, that's grow. why there's always fights. Yeah. Yeah, they it can't. Anywhere grass can't grow, people don't belong. And therefore, <laughs> you need to develop evolutionary traits to physically will yourself to live. And they're one step away from Mad Max. Like they're living they're living in where Mad Max lives except they still have a society. Kind of. Yeah. So they're they're just getting ready for it. Yeah. And they they're go, there. Cleveland, what a fucking dump. You know, they're saying the same shit. How could you fucking live in Cleveland? It's terrible there. <laughs> oh, because we we'll punch kids and throw bottles of refs. That's why. That's right. We're, we're getting re- they're getting ready for Mad Max. We're getting ready for The Road by Cormac McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll clash in the middle somewhere in uh, probably like Kansas. Yeah, we're going to want to fight them for their adjacent mm-hmm. oil, and they're going to want to <laughs> fight us for our clean water. Yep. What 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 was it the was it against the the Jets all those years ago where a kid got punched by a Browns fan? Yes, yes, it was a Jets game for sure. <laughs> I've wanted to punch kids at at, uh, at different football games, but more so at I, baseball games. I've I've really wanted to punch some Yankees fans' kids in the past. Oh yeah, they 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 they've earned nothing. They're very entitled. Yeah. It's gross. Fuck them all. I think it's important to like have character 
when you're raising your kids, like my kids would try and troll me like as like because they'd be like, oh, why would you cheer for the Browns? They never win anything. I'm like, that's exactly why I cheer for the Browns, because when they win something, it, it will mean something. And then as they got older, like, oh, I see what you, you mean now because they're good in this year. Like they're not huge sport fans, but they, they get why I suffered all those years to see how good it feels now. And same with like the Cavs and all that stuff. They're like, oh, this is. I see the satisfaction you're getting rather than just cheering for the best team or whatever, being a front runner. Either that or they just go to the Muni lot and they're like, this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened in life. They, I don't think they have that much fun there. They're <laughs> no? too like, no, they're too like, they're not really, I think it's the, the product of like, when you are a parent, that kind of parties, your kids are like, I'm not going to party like that. So they're, you know, I they're older now. So like you know my my youngest is eighteen, my oldest is twenty two, and she like rolls her eyes anytime I'm like, hey, we're out to dinner, you want to drink? And she's like, why would I drink alcohol? That's what losers do. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> t- calm down. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Bill, who do you think? Who do you want to win? That's left, and who do you think will win? Uh, I would love. I'd honestly love to see the Suns win. Or uh, the the Bucks, I, I like the Bucks a lot. You know, small market, like Brian was saying last week. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll go Bucks uh, is who I'd want to win, and then I who I think is going to win. I think it's going to be the Bucks. I think it's you know I think they are are ready for this. They're the I best want the Bucks. Both, I think I think that if Kawhi gets healthy, the Clippers are taking it. <sighs> That's a big if. That's well, it's an ACL, right? I thought it was. Uh, or was it uh, Achilles? M- MCL, I thought. Uh, yeah. MCL. I, I I don't think it's anything that serious. I think that they're still like it's open for him to still come back if they can tread water. They're probably the last team I would like to see win. They are the last team I'd like to see win, and that's one of the bigger yeah. reasons I think that they will win. Man, the uh, Nets, the Nets, like within an inch. They were oh, right. That was crazy. That was, that we haven't even talked about that. that was I just got back from the – we, we went uh, for a sexy weekend getaway. Uh, yeah. Did not swing. But I Lame. didn't see anything until I got back Sunday, and I was, like, watching highlights. Like, holy shit. I, I didn't think he sucked. I liked watching him all through college. But Kevin Durant, I'm, I'm not going to talk shit anymore about him. Uh, he showed it. He showed it the last two games. What was that? He showed last it for Thursday? a long time. Sure, yeah, it was just Kevin Durant but has been Seth second Curry best player in baseball, or baseball yeah. in basketball, in basketball. Yeah, for he's, a long he's time. incredible. Yeah, for a very long time. I hate in in the best offensive player for sure. Like his his offensive skills and like how unstoppable he. Is. I mean, he had like a forty eight point game and a forty nine point game, and like and one of those games was like a bad game for him, and he still scored that many points. And he's he just shoots the ball and makes it look so easy. Like he makes making like three pointers look like nothing for him. And like every time he makes one, I'm transported back to when the Cavs were playing the Warriors in the finals. And I'm like, this is not fair. Like it's it's disgusting. And like he's he is has done like the biggest bitch move. But like this this humanizes him a little bit where he was kind of the only option for a few games so he gets to like carry the team on his shoulders but still fuck him <laughs> yeah it yeah. was super sweet to see him lose but man yeah. just 
He did it. I uh, Harden was out there. I mean, barely. Yeah, but he was he was hobbled and like Kyrie. That's what I mean. He was nothing. Yeah. If if Kyrie has like an itchy like elbow, he's like, I can't play today. Like he's he's the least competitive player. And (laughs) Kyrie sucks. It's it's a good because he he got spoiled by LeBron. Like, and even when he was with us, he still was, like, really only had that 16 season where he was able to, to contribute. All the rest of them, he was injured or just wasn't, or he was checked out. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie Irving, he's made out of glass, and he is so up his own ass that he's going to take any any and all potential opportunities to you know make everything about him and if he can do that while not playing that's best case scenario for him like mm-hmm. you know but it's he, he's a guy that's okay to take the excuse so like and he talks so much shit so like okay if you're going to be the guy that goes and stomps on the you know Boston Celtics mascot that you got to be the guy that's going to play hurt and like force, you know, and like it was a bad ankle sprain, but like I feel like he 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 just won't do it. Like he won't play through pain. It and it it bothers me to my core that that shot that he hit in Cleveland with a full minute left in the game is going to still hoist him into such a high regard for his legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, at least it was for a good reason. I think it's an overrated reason, personally. But <laughs> hey, just it's, it was the shot, man. The shot that got us there. No, the, the the block got us there more than the shot did. I think we needed both of them. We needed both of them. And then Kevin, and the defense, Kevin Love, yes. locking him down on the next possession. Yes, yeah. The shot. There was a full minute left. No shot with a full minute left in the game has ever gotten that much credit for being clutch. Ever. Nobody talks about a shot with that much time left in a game, period. Well, when you're coming back from a 3-1 deficit, it, it's a big deal. And it's, it was the last field goal made in the game, so that's why he gets that. One of the last points scored. Yeah. It wasn't the last point scored, but it was the last field goal. Several more possessions. And it was a go-ahead go point. Well, they were tied up, yeah. So they, they, it was go-ahead, but then there were several more possessions in the game. Yeah. And they weren't even like rushed possessions where, you know, you, you needed to foul and you're playing, you know, mm-hmm. the free throw game at the end. Like it, it, it was. Oh, but you, you're right about Kevin Love like locking down uh, the last shot. Like that was. They got the switch that they wanted, yeah. and, and Kevin Love, and Kevin Love said no. Fucking zoned in. It was great. And people fucking hate him now. Like I mean, I, I don't get like, that. I understand why they're upset with him, but to hate them, if you're going to love Kyrie and you still hate, you're going to hate Kevin Love. Listen, I I don't hate either of them because of, like, I can't hate them. Uh, I think Kyrie is annoying, but I don't hate him. Uh, and then Kevin Love, like, I don't hate him. Like, he's, he's a nut job that got us over the hump, helped with that, and then they offered him a Supermax. Yeah, I think he got a Supermax, or like a giant extension. And he took it, and who wouldn't? Was because he knew he he knows his body. He knows what was happening. He's like, why wouldn't I take one hundred and fifty million dollars if they're offering it to me? Because nobody else is going to give me that. But then like, take it and be grateful and enjoy yourself and be a positive force within the the organization, 
as opposed to clearly not wanting to be here. Well, I mean, you know, he's tried. He he tried to be a positive force for a bit, but then when the the younger players are talking about how you are the biggest thief and the you know scamming the NBA, like it's hard it's hard to want to be here when they want like the younger players don't want you here. I guess that's a fair point. I mean, you've, you've but still had, fucking uh, try. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Brian must have loved I, all of his jobs. Huh? Have you loved all your jobs? Like you've never just sailed it in, regardless of the financial implications. Listen, it is far far different for me to phone in a job where I'm selling shit over the I phone know. than somebody know. who's got fans across the, the town making more money than most of us will see in ten lifetimes. Right, but he also like paid a bunch of people. Like he, he's done good things with with that wealth. So I feel like I'm I'm okay with it. And also, like I can't ever blame a pay- player for getting money. And then like we we've been through how many coaches, been in such a shit situation, made some questionable draft picks. Like, in like, is he supposed to be okay with losing? Like, it's a shitty situation for him. Well, then why did he sign the contract? Why did he, because, because of the money. You, you can't sign the contract because, because of the money and then shit on yes, he, your situation. You don't get everything. You don't get everything not, and be free from, from criticism. You don't get all of it. Start, he didn't start shitting on the situation right away. It's only he's been this hurt. Last he season. hasn't done anything. Right, but it's only this season that he's shit on the situation. Only this season he's and, played basketball. He's right, played but he, years. Yeah, right. Because he's <laughs> so, but he he was like a good teammate for a long time, and I feel like he really only started shitting on the situation once the rest of the guys, like the younger guys, are like, "Hey, f- fuck this old dude." Probably because he was being a dick. I I don't think he's a dick. I think I think he's got a broken down body, and he's collecting a big check, and the the other players are like, "Hey, how come he's got all this money and we don't?" I'd imagine they're all pretty mad about losing as well, and I'd imagine a lot of that stems from the fact that most of their salary cap is tied up in the one guy who can't make it on the court, and then when he does, clearly doesn't want to be there. Right, but even if we had salary cap space, like nobody would want to come to this team. No. no. Oh, yeah, no. Nobody that would be worth having like those max contracts. Except for Ben so. Simmons. Ben Simmons yeah. is not going to help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to listen as as far as like getting back to to relevancy, you either got to hit the draft pick with a insanely high ceiling guy like a Giannis where you're mm-hmm. picking them, you know, late lottery cuz we we don't have the luck to get back into that that top 3. We used up all that luck with LeBron and Kyrie. We're, we're I understand, yeah. That's not happening. So you got to get super well, we lucky. We had we had four in what, like twelve years, we had four number one picks. Yeah, that's insane. Because we had LeBron in two thousand three, Kyrie was what two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, two thousand ten. Okay, two thousand ten. What was it? Eleven. Then, eleven. Might maybe eleven. I want to say eleven. And yeah. then Bennett and Wiggins. Yeah, and boy, <laughs> even like Bennett's one of the biggest whiffs of all time, and then Wiggins also like he's. He's become like a decent role player, but he's not he's not a number one pick. And like you go back and like I always like to look and see like how the draft should have gone and it's 
it's such a crapshoot. Like you, you really need a GM that knows what they're doing. And that's why you see what like James Jones, Jones has done in uh Phoenix. And you go, Oh, so there are guys that actually have an acumen for this. It's really not just guessing like you can, they, they, they see something that other people don't see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, having the right guy, I, you know, obviously would have loved, we've talked about it before. Would have loved to have kept David Griffin. Although even he at this point is under, some scrutiny yeah. for for I, New Orleans. I, I think a GM is best as a player. Like we have all these. Like when's the last time we had a GM that was like in the league? I feel Danny, like that's the Danny way to go. Danny Ferry, probably. Danny Ferry, yeah. And I feel like he did a good job. He drafted Z, I think. No, he drafted because he wasn't into the front office until uh, after LeBron. But I feel like. He made some picks that didn't work out for us, but ended up working out for other teams. Like I feel like Danny Green was one of his picks. I, I'd have to actually look into it again. But yeah, I'm not uh, quite sure who who. I mean that that LeBron pick was a no brainer. I don't even remember right. who the GM was. Huh. I was. But it's. But I feel like there's and 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 having somebody that like knows the league and and same with coaches. I feel like pl- coaches that were players are usually not always but usually can connect with the players more yeah you can see that i mean like tom thibodeau's a great coach but he doesn't really connect with anybody like i know but how many also on top of that how many of these teams are are actually really succeeding without a super high ceiling kind of player like you oh yeah you that sure. talent, talent is talent. king. Talent is king. Yeah. Right, you need that player, but you need that player. But like, like Devin Booker wasn't number one pick. Uh, what was he like a five or six? I feel like something like that. And so, same with you know Kawhi was a late first round pick. Uh, you know, San Antonio was always good at drafting players and developing that talent. And I, I feel like because you know even like Aiton who was a number one overall pick by the Suns. He is developing and getting better, but the the thing that's making that team run is all those players around Booker. Like so you have, you know, Cam uh Cameron Payne and you have Mikhail Bridges and all those guys. Like they they are all doing their job and on any given night they can be the star. And that's that's what you need is you know, one or two superstars and then someone that can fill that third role or take the mantle for that night. Yeah. But you got to be able to score. You got to be able to score from, you know, in different ways. So look at Herter for the, the Hawks on Sunday. Winning the basically like picking up the slack for the Hawks and scoring like 30 points and then getting all the, the uh, Rick Astley memes with him like that's insane i mean that, you see that those? Was yeah i <laughs> they're they're fantastic they're great i mean that was herder's uh i mean just one in a million like booby gibson game like yeah just i don't know we're making shit happen right but i feel like that's the kind like but you have those superstars that get you over the hump but then you have those complimentary players that can step up when you need and i think having a coach like nate mcmillan empowers guys like that whereas i think a tom thibodeau he relies so heavily on 
defense and uh just I don't know, like he he wears his players out. Sure. Like you you've seen it time and time again where he has mostly really good regular season teams, but they don't do anything in the playoffs because everyone's fucking done. Sure. Yeah, he's that that old school like rebound yeah. defense and free throws kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So I know you guys want to wrap this up. What's the guy's name from Atlanta? He's he's been a really good role player. I'm trying to think of it. Uh, DeAndre Hunter is that him? He's yeah, been, he's been he's out. Been pretty, yeah. is he out right now? Yeah, he's out, and that's who. Like Kevin Herter is the one that had to step up. Like he replaced him, and he stepped up and like played as good, if not better, than DeAndre Hunter. Speaking of stepping up, Uncle Jeff Green had a big old playoff. Oh uh, yeah, like that's I mean, right. as yeah. far as stepping up, mm-hmm. he he was a vet that stepped up big. Okay. Yeah, it happens. With uh, with the time we got left, real quick, Cleveland Indians baseball. <laughs> um, I mean, the 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 wheels haven't fallen off somehow. So Terry Francona, best manager in baseball. All of a sudden, <laughs> um, Eddie Rosario, the bats are getting hotter. Eddie Rosario's getting hot. Uh, Ahmed Rosario is playing like an all-star. He's hitting like around 280. It's crazy. He, right, I, and how many home runs does he have now? He's got like 11 or something like that. Yeah, he's he's – really coming on he's yeah but i think he's also leading the league in triples which isn't many but his speed is great you know jose aside from when he got hit by a pitch um you know has looked like the best player in baseball or at least one of them um you know you over the weekend it was a weird series with pittsburgh because you actually get a good outing out of cal quantrill where he gives you five solid innings of, of scoreless baseball and then that bulletproof bullpen they go to brian shaw who just didn't have any command walks three gives up a three-run home run and then karen Chack in the same inning comes in walks two gives up a three-run home run six runs they they lose the game they ended up bringing it home on father's day but you know still three and a half games back uh eight games over 500 it's insanity like this should not be happening and it's amazing i love it and rosario Oh no, Ahmed Rosario only has four home runs. I'm I'm getting everything confused, but um, still fantastic. Season. I feel like they've been at like good good times though. Yes, yes. Um, and then uh, Bobby Bradley has been fantastic coming up. Bobby oh, no, Bradley right? already got a hit tonight, hitting two ninety five right now. Um, it's uh, it's Cesar with eleven home runs. Who's not hitting for average, but somehow hitting for power. He's having a weird season. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah, but it's been I've, – I've very much been enjoying it. So um, with our, our Cleveland Indians update out of the way, let's move on to old-timey baseball names. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the it, Indians, we'll see what happens. Like, the schedule gets real rough here real quick. I think they got the Twins and the Astros, like, back-to-back series. The Astros are going to be tough. I think they'll I think they'll take it to the Twins. Um but right now they're playing the Cubs. They're up uh up one nothing because Bobby Bradley hit a ding dong. There we go. Did you order these at all, Bill? These old timey baseball names? Because we had old Hawks I got Radburn I, last week. I got five. I don't have like like my uh I don't have them ranked by okay, best but like I kinda I kinda know what I want. You know, so. you know the show then. Where we're yeah. at. Yeah. So. All right, start us off, Billy. All right. 
Uh, I'm going to go with this one just because I'm afraid that you guys also have it. So I want to make sure that I, I use it. Uh, from uh, the Major League Baseball, Pittsburgh Pirates, New York Giants, and the Chicago White Sox, Johnny Dickshot. Johnny oh. Dickshot. Yeah, I got Johnny Dickshot. John Oscar. Uh, he, he was nicknamed Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Ugly Dickshot. And I, you know, that's just incredible. <laughs> I completely missed that one. Completely. I saw that one. That's a really good one. I'll start off with a very innocent one that just makes me laugh off the jump. Greg Legg. Yeah. Greg Legg's very funny. Greg Legg. He's a second I, uh, baseman and a shortstop. And uh, I can't see where he played, but yeah, Greg Legg. I Greg literally Legg. just looked at like the pitchers and then like that was it that when we were talking about wins last time and there's just like a ton on there. So I just like names you don't hear anymore, like Boof Bosner. That just sounded like an old. old it's not game. though. That was yeah. that he was like a, a a pretty recent player. Was he? Yes. He was way high up on the list. I mean, yeah, yeah. I saw some that were like more recent, and uh, I, I like I think my uh, my second one is like a seventy five to eighty four guy, but everybody else is like twenties and thirties. What you got? Uh, Biff Bacaroba. Ooh, that's a good one. Po- Pocaroba. <laughs> yeah, he was Biff Benedict Pocaroba. <laughs> I've got the only Nolan. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that one. The only Nolan. <laughs> went by the only Nolan. <laughs> like, that's, what the that fuck? That sounds like a, uh, what's it called, uh, XFL name. It does. He played for the Cleveland Blues. Uh, he took a three-year hiatus from baseball to Maybe fighting the Civil War. I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe the maybe the First World War. French yes. Indian War. No, it was yeah. between 1878 and 1881. He just kind of went missing. Oh, okay. And then uh, from 1881, uh, he took 82 off. Came back in 83. So the only Nolan had a an interesting life. Canadian and uh, two nine eight ERA with a 23 and 52 win loss record. That's not great. <laughs> I, I ran uh, Mordecai Three Fingers Brown. Yeah, he went I, Three Fingers Brown. I was like, but Mordecai, like, what a great <laughs> name that is. <laughs> All right, I got uh, he. This guy played for the Indians and the Washington Senators. Went to Louisiana Tech. Elmer Harley Boss. <laughs> and he, yeah, Elmer Boss. That's, well, he he went by Harley Boss, which I'm like, Harley that's a badass name. A badass yeah. name yeah. yeah. I knew it's an Elmer good... in my Bud. life. There, the guy that uh, works in my building, like he, his name's Elmer. So I get to say, hey, Elmer, pretty much every morning. That's a pretty good name. Yeah. It sounds dumb. As a kid, yeah. I'd make fun of it. But as an adult, I would love to have the name Elmer. Uh, I don't think I want the name Elmer. I feel like it's it's fine for him, but I don't want it. No, <laughs> no. Pants Rowland, nice. Pants Rowland. He was a manager. I got Pud Gavin. <laughs> Just like That's these names that. got retired, man. Like these old timey names are sweet, though. Hopefully, yeah. the bring them back. 
Uh, this is Jewel Winklemeyer ends. <laughs> I, this one is surprisingly not a porn name. Candy Cummings. <laughs> Catfish Hunter and Smoking Joe Woods. That's good. I got one more. Urbane Pickering. Urbane Pickering. Urbane God, that Pickering. sounds so fucking just middle Ohio. Yeah. Ugh. He played for the he played for the White Sox. Or no, I'm sorry, the, the Red Sox. And uh yeah, just he's from Kansas. Kansas. Sounds very Kansasy. What else you got, Kyle? I got I think I think uh Kid Gleason was one I wrote down. And then the, the nobody said it yet. Rusty Cunts. <laughs> he was another like kind of newer guy, so I left him off. But yes, that's a great name. I saw the name. I was like, ah, somebody's got to say it. So. Boots Poffenberger. <laughs> Chappy Snodgrass. Pickles Dillhofer. Ooh, Pickles Dillhofer. Uh, this guy's he Cumberland Willis Posey Jr. He went by Cum. His <laughs> His baseball, <laughs> his baseball Hall of Fame plaque has the word "come" in, in parentheses <laughs> under his name. Like I, I kind of want to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame just for that. Oh, it's great. Uh, Joseph Michael Medwick has Ducky Wucky under his name. That's great. That's awesome. Let's see Johnny Dickshot, of course. Cannonball Titcomb. <laughs> Pussy Tabo. <laughs> Lil Stoner. There you go. Is an old timey baseball player played in the twenties named Lil Stoner, and that's where I am done. But uh, Come is my number one. Yeah, he's great. That's amazing. I don't know how I missed any of those. Well, guys, that'll do it. Bill, uh, plug your album again uh, one more time. Uh, It comes out. It's called Bam Bam. It's out for pre sale. On June 29th, and then comes out July 23rd. Make sure you buy it, and then stream it a bunch of times, and buy it again, and then buy all my other albums, and then buy tickets to my show. When's this come out? Tomorrow, hopefully. Tomorrow, okay. So come out. I'm, I'm going to be at Mahal's in Lakewood this uh, Saturday doing two shows, 7.30 and 9.30. Just go to, you know, at Bill Squire, click my link tree uh, in the bio, and then, yeah, come come see me do comedy. I'm good at it. Brian, do you got anything coming up? No, I don't. How are your shows? How are your shows in at, at Funny Stuff? Oh yeah, they were really right. good. Um, I mean, a couple were were you know pretty well attended. The only one that was really light was Late Show Saturday. The early show Saturday that's, was fucking. That's always a weird. What was that? It's a weird thing that like Late Show Saturday usually is the easiest show to sell since clubs have moved it up, and for whatever reason, Pete always has a hard time. I might have been Getting my best set fall. though. Like that, that crowd was yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, Saturday yeah. early, people by the time I got to my set were wasted and wild. Oh. Like I'm, nice. I, I did like the drug test bit, and then I'm just transitioning into like the bleed for that nut bit. And I said some sort of line about like, oh, you know, I've always been kind of a magnet for crazy girls. And this dude starts yelling about spanking me and paying me for it, and starts walking towards the stage. And I'm like, what are you doing? What, what, I, I can't even see you. What is happening right now? And like, Bruton had to be like, yo, sit back down. 
I love that the other co-headliner had to police the room because yep. Pete's just like, it's what it is. Pete wasn't even there. Of course not. He's at his son's uh, football. That's what you yeah. guys should start doing. He's at his son's uh, semi-professional football game in Erie, Pennsylvania. We should go heckle his son as he plays. We we should definitely football. go to a, one of his games. That'd be fucking fantastic. Live from. Yeah, dude. Did you go I, to the Red Fox? Did you go to the Red Fox? We, we just to watch the, the very end of the uh, of the uh, Brooklyn Milwaukee game, but that's it. It must have been a mild night over there. It was pretty yeah. mild, but yeah. I mean, like Friday, Sarah came with me, and then by the time the shows were over, like because she was designated driving me home, like she was tired, way to go, and then Saturday I drove myself, so couldn't really get wild. Fair, fair. All right. right. Thanks, Billy. Thanks for having me, guys. Go Browns.